position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course features, you know, like, kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors, welcome to episode number 389 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Saturday, the 9th of April, 2022, 1600 hours, crack engineer Ivor Molina, over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign, oh, oh, Ivor, you, oh, oh, Ivor, you're fired, that's sexual harassment, buddy. Um, let's tip, 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 drink, 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 drink. Uh, yes. There we go. That would, of course, make it for our sequel friends 2022 0409 16 05, I guess. Damn, my eyes. Um, we have a big show for you. This week, so let's get straight to our top stories. Uh, I think that... Ivor, is that all the preliminaries? You don't know? Once again, there's a reason why you're fired. So, first off, since we last met last week, Ukraine is now in the midst of what can only be described 
as a fucking hostage-taking genocide in which Vladimir Putin is using civilian casualties intentionally targeted to place pressure on uh, Volodymyr Zelensky and the Ukrainian people to capitulate to his otherwise insane demands. Meanwhile, he's lying to the Russian people, his own people, saying that these are all false flag attacks, etc., etc., etc. A couple days ago, they fucking bombed a train station with anti-personnel fucking cluster bombs. Unbelievable on the side of it said, for the children. So, my whole philosophy on this entire conflict has changed. Um, for reals. I think that that the West, especially the Americans, I can't remember who said this, but it was a great point. Here's my summation of all of this. If the entire free world is going to force Ukraine to be the proxy warrior for all of Western freedom against one of the most powerful armies and nuclear capable countries in the world and we are going to force them to suffer these types of casualties which will not stop Vladimir Putin there will be no negotiated settlement to this conflict at this point I I can't even imagine one because you can't take his word. So at this point, if we're what we have is a madman holding an entire country hostage. He's intentionally trying to bottle up civilians and prevent them from fleeing and see attack on train stations while inflicting maximum amounts of civilian casualties at will because he cannot achieve his tactical and strategic objectives where does that go that goes nowhere good so right now as you know the Russian forces have fallen back from Kiev this week uh, that just means they're retrofitting they are refitting and putting more bloodthirsty fucking mind bent reprogrammed Soldiers who will do what they want, such as committing horrific atrocities like what happened in Bucha. Um, you know, when you when you find people who have their hands tied behind their back and they're shot in the back of the head in the street, that's a war crime. When you use cluster bombs on a civilian train station that is trying to evacuate people and there's 4,000 civilians there. That's a fucking war crime. When you destroy Mariupol, that's a fucking war crime. And when you uh, kidnap, you know, depending on how you want to characterize it, when you force Ukrainian citizens to be expatriated to Russia into filtration camps 
I don't know, might just be the Latvian Jew in me talking, but I don't like it. Sounds like a war crime. When you bury people in mass graves, innocent civilians, women and children, when you target women and children in fucking bomb shelters with children written on the top of the roofs so they can be seen from the air. It's a war crime. So what we need to do now is we need Ukraine to win this war. And what I heard this week, the only sane thing I heard this week, I can't remember who said it, uh, but it, it was it wasn't McCaffrey. It was a former general or admiral. I can't remember. They made this great point that just like totally struck a chord with me. What should be happening now, right now, and maybe is, hopefully it is happening now. Right now, prior to these revelations from this following week, because like Russian soldiers bivouacked in fucking... Bucha for three weeks after their convoy, after they ran out of fuel and food. Can I tell you about the guess where the poison is game? That's amazing. Oh, and by the way, the entire 40 uh, kilometer uh, long column that was supposed to take Kiev by now was stopped by drone operators. Hobbyists. Linux enthusiasts. Our brothers. Our sisters. Our friends. Our compatriots. God bless him. I don't believe in God, but God bless him. Um, so what needs to happen now is right now the United States is retiring our F-16s. They're going into storage. And we have like hundreds of them. Mm. F-16 is one of the most deadly platforms ever devised by human engineering in the history of the world. Second only, I would say, to the F-18. I like the F-18 more because I, I've flown it more in X-Plane 11, but F-18 is more of like the Supermarine Spitfire to the F-16, but the F-16 is a great air superior... I mean, a fantastic air superiority fighter, and I mean, they're not unparalleled, but no air superiority jet fighter is going to be unparalleled. They are excellent. They they get like a 9 out of... They get an 8.8 out of 10 even today. And we're retiring them for the for the F-30 whatever series, F-35, F-30 series of fucked up. I don't... I don't I'm not... I'm, I've just heard nothing but proms about those, but whatever. Bottom line is, these are going into storage. And we have hundreds of them. We have probably 200 that are going into storage. F-16, not the greatest multi-role fighter ever. That would be the F-18 in terms of jet fighters, modern jet fighters, for my money that like I know about. Um, F-16, fantastic multi-role fighter. 
we need to send 30 of those. The Ukrainian, they got pilots. They got pilots who know how to fly it. And if they don't know how to fly it, then it takes, uh, I mean, you know, they know how to fly. I mean, I'm not saying, like, they have a very well-trained arm. Yeah. We send those to Ukraine so they can not just let Putin pull back his forces, they need to drive them back over the border and destroy. Teach them a lesson. Literally, teach them a lesson in the form of body bags. Because, you know, the Ukrainians have been fantastic at defending themselves in this proxy war, which evidently is now a proxy war between genocide. The only only difference here is how long this is going to take and how many fucking Ukrainian civilians are going to die. So, we already have a bad faith actor who is wildly unpredictable in the form of Vladimir Putin. We need the Ukrainians to win this war now. I propose two things. One, we send them 30 F-16s. That is going to be enough. If we do that now, in three weeks, when they're ready to launch their new counter, their new second assault on Kiev, or wherever the fuck, or the in the Donbass, or wherever, they will not be able to retreat. They will be destroyed. They will be annihilated. Second, they need service-to-air missile SAM-300 and SAM-600 systems. I heard that um, someone is sending them a SAM-3 system, which is great. They need about 10 more of those. I'm not literate. I'm not knowledgeable or literate at all about about the logistics required to train up and operate and effectively, you know, maintain a, I guess it has to have a sensor network of, it's gotta have like a radar, a conning tower some sort of fucking but then fucking shit like this goddamn like what's happened in Maripol and Bucha and this train station well the train station might have been unavoidable because that was fired at medium range from within Ukraine by Russians, who first took credit for it, and then once they realized that it wasn't playing so well, because they killed a hundred fucking... They, they killed 50 fucking civilians and injured hundreds more with fucking cluster bombs. Like, oh no, oh, this is a false flag. This was all Ukraine. Ukraine's killing its own people. Why you keep hitting yourself? Why you keep hitting yourself? Yeah, that's... If that's how this is gonna be, then they need to win this war and they need to win it now. 30 F-16s? Putin will not be able to pull back. Because they will be crushed. Now, there's a fear of escalation. Well... If this isn't already World War Three, 
or if we're not already on the precipice of World War III, I mean like leaning over it and spitting and pissing, guys will understand what that means. Um, I don't know what to tell you. And if you want to trust Vladimir Putin's uh, guarantees of whatever, the only thing that will make him back down is absolute catastrophic military failure. If he wants to end the world, well, guess what? We're already there. Like, so you can't let a maniac dictate the terms of surrender because all he's going to do is kill fucking innocent goddamn women and children. That's all that's left there. And then, you know, you have every Ukrainian male age 18 to uh, 60, whatever, fighting with you know, the Ukrainian army. So we can't stand, we can't, we, we can't let this happen. Meanwhile, what you can do, in my humble opinion, is, if you want, uh, there's a charity uh, you, we gotta help the refugees if, you know, regardless of whatever our governmental response is going to be and hopefully covertly and in secret, we are getting those F-16s, because they're going into storage anyway they, they they fly great, they have great weapon systems, we have tons of them we don't, we could spare 30 of them, and 30 oh my god one of them is the the finger I call the F eighteen the the Super Hornet the finger of God? It is the most devastating. Like you don't even know that you're dead before you're dead. It can with extra fuel tanks. It can fly three thousand fucking miles. You know that's like it can go like two thousand miles one way with extra fuel tanks. It can go two thousand miles one way. Carrier capable aircraft. Anyway. F-16, oh boy. Oh boy. It's it's a close second. It's not as multi-purpose, but it is great against ground targets. It is excellent as an air superiority fighter. You need to patrol, you want to close the skies? Well, we're not going to do a no-fly zone, but we will give you F-16s, Bradley fighting vehicles, and tanks. Wow, you're welcome. Because it's unfair. It, if we're going to make these people suffer the casualties in a proxy war for the entire free world, then it can't be about us saying no to anything that they want. And it has to be about us ensuring that they don't just don't just, you know, capitulate or, you know, make a, get get to an armistice or whatever. They have to destroy the Russian army in Ukraine. Russian army and, and the Navy and the Air Force. Luckily, it seems like Putin's been lied to his entire fucking last 10 years of rebuilding his military force. These guys, these guys suck. And so now it's just the most sadistic sons of bitches who are left. And uh, 
It sucks, but you have to send the message in the form of body bags. Because when when those F-16s, because it, if we send them, and in about two weeks or three weeks from now, they become operationally active, the capabilities of the Ukrainians are out of control. Not out of control. I, I mean, like, they're totally in control. And I fucking... Volodymyr Zelensky, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. And why the fuck is Russia still on the NATO Security Council? Anyway, so that's that's the politics as we stare down the barrel of another fucking genocide. I mean, this is... You want to get technical? Genocide... Genocide means the wholesale destruction of a selected group of people, either political, ideological, religious, ethnic, or otherwise. You tell me what's happening in Ukraine. And they won't, and Putin will not let these people leave because he needs them so he can keep killing them and these are innocent civilians this is this has happened too many times in my lifetime I'm 42 fucking years old I am I'm tired of it this isn't Rwanda I mean and you know unlike the other I didn't understand Rwanda until a decade or more after it really happened but that wasn't a cell phone universe we can see what they've done this is not going to end until we make sure Ukraine wins a decisive victory they don't need to invade Russia they do need the F-16s, they do need Bradley fighting vehicles. I love that there are 10 javelins for every uh, Russian tank currently in Ukraine. But they gotta drive them out of the Donbass, they gotta fucking... And with F-16s, you can do that. You can do that easily. In three weeks, if they have the X... Let's say we sent them today. In three weeks, they'll be operational. There will be no more uh, approaches to Kiev. You'll have to fucking commit serious war atrocities like fucking nuclear weapons or whatever. And guess what? That's already what you think that's been off the table this entire time? What you believe? Vladimir Putin? Vladimirovich? Motherfucker? No. If you do, you're an idiot. Just just ask George W. Bush. So, let's get on with some... Uh, but I mean, it's the it's been the hardest. It's been very hard. It's been a very difficult week. For the children. And then they claim it's a false flag. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we need, we need, and it's unfair to make these people bear the brunt of the entire Western world. They're, because Putin will fucking level the country. If this takes longer than fucking two more months, he will level the country. He will kill everyone. That's what he has to do, and that's what he will do. And he has the capability, whether conventional by via conventional kinetic weapons or via the unthinkable, he will level the country. And we need to be moving faster in terms of giving these advanced modern weapon systems to the Ukrainians. Because it's no longer a question about escalation. It's a question about fucking what is right. And if we're going to make them the proxy for this, if we're going to make them these unbelievably brave, I mean... We owe it to them. All of us owe it to them to give them F-16s. To give them the latest SAM technology. Because then you won't be able to bomb. The, the, The Russians won't be able to bomb them. And they'll be able to defend themselves. Because you can't you can't turn a, a neighboring country into a meat puppet. And meanwhile, you know, and we fucked over the U- Ukrainians a lot, to be honest. We we dicked around. We promised them that they were going to be able to join NATO. And all Vladimir Zelensky is looking at now is how do I save as many of my people as I can? And how do we win this fucking war? You know, this 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 type of unchecked aggression will not stand, man. It will not stand. I don't want us to put boots on the ground. NATO boots should be on the ground. And Russia should not be in the Security Council. But the F-16s would... Because you fly two weeks of 100 sorties a week. Trust me, they won't be sending back you know, 18,000 fucking dead Russian soldiers in body bags, you know, for six weeks, they'll be sending back 25,000 a week. And that will make a big impression. And if it doesn't, it will destroy the military capability that Putin has inside of Ukraine. Also, speaking of senseless fucking madness that just should not happen um, the Trump era fucking rebuilding of Puerto Rico has evidently gone really well by hiring fucking two bit crony contractors fucking f- fire in a goddamn power plant took out all power for the entire island luckily BPR who has taken appropriate precautions I guess he's doing well I talked to him But it's sick. That's what you get when 
you hire a Trump or a Vladimir Putin. You let them in and they will not leave. And they will just fucking crony capitalize on this shit. It is disgusting. It's grotesque. Five years after Maria. Five fucking years. And they still don't have a... I mean, not not that it's not that big of a logistical challenge, but anyway. So, now let's talk about some Linux gaming now that we're 30 minutes into the show. First of all, Hellish Quart, that's Hellish Quart, as in a quart of liquid, has undergone massive fucking updates. The, the, the realization of like all the work that we've covered uh, in previous episodes of the show, really reaching a, a a beautiful fruition. The game is exceptionally more polished than it has been in the past. If you have not given Hellish Court, which is like Bushido Blade, but with uh, Eastern and a little bit of Western. European uh, weapons and fighting styles uh, circa the 18th late late 18th and early 19th century Hellish Court is phenomenal you can check out the live stream of it of me playing it later tonight Um, I I had to mention it again just because it's so radically better they have a new Stamina system that actually makes sense. Right of way makes more sense. Um, I really wish they would integrate. There's lots of stuff, but they're still working on it. They're very much actively working on it. Check out Hellish Court. For the first time in like at least a month, we have two really good deals for you. Our review of Weird West, which was promised for this week, will be next week-ish, maybe, because I didn't realize that when you beat the game, which took me like 30 hours, or like, not 30, it took me like 18 hours, because I did leave it on for 12, and so it says 37, so we'll say 18 hours, 15 hours, to beat the game. You start the game as a new character. So I need to play more. I thought like I was going to review it. I've logged over 20 hours in the game of actually playing it. But uh it's going to take a lot more than that cuz now I'm I'm a I'm a different character and a much less popular character and now it's going to be fun to see how everyone interacts with me and stuff. So we only review games at, uh, if and until we've logged over 20 hours and really feel like we know the game or we've beaten the game because some games aren't 20 hours long. Some games you can beat them in three or 20 minutes or whatever. This game we need more time with, so it's been pushed to next week, maybe even further. It is a very good game. Weird West. I... 
I'll save any further comments. And by the way, for those of you who aren't familiar with Weird West, it's a demi-isometric real-time, you know, two-thirds uh, camera, real-time combat, uh, adventure role-playing game in faux 3D with cel-shaded graphics taking place in a weird alternate universe kind of Texas panhandle-ish world which is both steampunk and magic and total illusion of free will build up a gang go become a bounty hunter do whatever you want do whatever you can to make money um craft and upgrade weapons persistent skills between lives between like different runs of the game so it's almost a roguelike Mm. very good game instead of our weird weird west review we have a different feature for you this week our first impressions of the awesome nightmare reaper we'll talk more about that when we get to it but first our new and noteworthy Ivor based him with it I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. This will probably be the shortest new and noteworthy. Hey, Ivor, yeah, we'll get the case, Gregor. We'll get the fucking case. Probably be the shortest new and noteworthy we've ever featured. But yes, in case you've been living underneath a rock, um, Lego, Star Wars, the Skywalker saga was released this week. It's 50 bucks, and I'm broke as fizzuck. And I really can't summon the energy to care. I think it was friend of the show, actually it was friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, who said for 50 bucks, I mean, they're like game of the year edition, ultimate edition, or whatever, or nothing. Because it's like, you know this game is going to go on sale in like three months at easily half that price. And there's all these DLCs it looks like. I haven't done a whole lot of investigating because I've just tried not to care. But I do love me some Lego Star Wars. Um, I just can't bring myself to care. There's too many other good games that I mean, like, we, I'd rather talk about fucking uh, Instruments of Destruction, which we are ready to review, by the way. Almost ready to review. But uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is 50 bucks for the base game. So, you want to buy that? Then, cool. I, I, I completely, I completely understand. I, I thought about buying it uh, and then returning it. Hang on, let's see. Yeah, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga has a platinum rating on ProtonDB. Um, but these are all like Steam Deck reviews, and I still haven't gotten my fucking. 
I can't afford it now, which is hilarious. Uh, my Steam Deck. Let's send us you. Let's send you the Steam Deck you reserved. Email, but whatever. So yeah, that's Lego Star Wars. Moving on, let's go straight to the deals. Oh, that's right. We don't have a deals bumper. We have two deals for you this week that will I, I it probably be best to get to. Not a big hurry on them. These are all both good through April fifteenth. This is April 9th. So blah. One of them is a game that I wanted to play since it first came out, but only now have I been able to buy it. Justify the you know, justify buying it. First is Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, which is 75% off at $3.74 through April 15th. This is all part of the Microsoft uh, Xbox Studio sale or whatever. But Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet was a... I remember just reading reviews of it. It's an older game. It's an older code, so I was just about to clear them. Um side-scroller, kind of puzzle platformer, whatever. Speaking of side-scroller, puzzle platformer, but not whatever, one of the best games, one of the best side-scrolling platformers ever made, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is the, the second game in the Ori saga, and you don't have to play the first game to play the second Right now is 67% off at $9.89. And then finally, Ivor, you're fired! You're supposed to put this in the goddamn show notes! Days Gone, which was, I think, our game of the year last year. Um, shit. Ivor! Oh, yeah. Days Gone. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, Days Gone, you, uh, it's, it's one of the best zombie games ever made, it's one of the best biker games ever made, it's one of the best survival craft up games ever made, it's one of the best games I've ever played in terms of taking full advantage of all the modern techniques and technologies and game design stuff that you could ever throw into a game. Days Gone is one of my favorite games of all time. Days Gone right now through April 17th is 50% off at $24.99. Um, so those are the deals. Let's get straight to our feature of the Nightmare Reaper. First impressions and then we can get the fuck out of here! What do you think? Oh my god. It's Bolivian. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooby. Bolivian. So, Nightmare Reaper. Nightmare Reaper. Congratulations to, by the way, to the developers behind Nightmare Reaper. Uh, Ivor, once again, you're fired. Who the fuck are these people? Anyway, I avoided Nightmare Reaper um, because it looked like it was scary and it it builds itself as first-person shooter, looter, shooter, retro, violent, roguelite, 
and they say horror a lot and it, it looks scary. A dark and violent, here's what they have to say. A dark and violent meld of retro and modern action games inspired by the classic 2.5D first person shooters of the 90s with elements of modern looter shooters and roguelikes. Um, but that does nothing to describe it. Now, There is a problem with Nightmare Reaper on Linux. I think. I'm not sure. But I don't get any cutscenes. Not an intro scene, not an intro cinema, nothing. Nothing in between. So the way the game is play, has been played by me... I've got like eight hours in it. This game is amazing. It's just a first impression. This is not a full review. Um, but the game did make. Oh yeah, by the way, who who developed this? We should know. Blazing Bit Games, and it hit 1.0 March 28th, 2022. So, uh, twelve days ago. So a little over a week ago week and a half ago. Early access release date. Hey, thank you, Steam. You actually... Early access release July 16th, 2019. But anyway, they're still working on it, but it is now in 1.0. Here's my play experience with Nightmare Reaper, which is a one of the best games, my go-to game. One of my... Let me let me let, let me simplify what I'm trying to say here. Nightmare Reaper is one of the best retro Duke Nukem style first person shooters that's ever been made. And I'm going to explain a couple of reasons why I feel that way. It's not a review. It's first impressions. I only got 8 hours in the game and I can't see the cinema. I, I've only I only know that they, that they made cinema for because of the Steam store page. When I first started the game, I got a little um, in operating system uh, fancy illustration miniature splash screen centered on my screen, and then it the game just started. Like, there's no menu, there's nothing. Where do you start? You start in a low, low, low resolution. It is, like, comically, intentionally low-poly, quote-unquote, Duke Nukem... style 3D. So it's full 3D. Like, there's stuff that can be on top of other stuff. But most levels don't do that. Like, you can't... Never mind. I won't go into the history of Dark Forces and blah. But anyway, you're in an insane asylum. And there's a window, a toilet, a sink, a door, a light switch, a bed, a thing that's stapled to the wall which if you look at it, it's a document. It's the credits for the developers. 
a map of some sort that looks like it was made by a demonic child, a rack of a, a bookcase filled with pens and pencils <coughs> and children's toys, other accoutrements. There's no mirror. There's a door with bars for windows. The window has bars for the window and you can see a tree and the sky outside. You can turn on the light switch. You can turn off the light switch. Blah, blah, blah. And on that, there's a desk in front of that weird map that I mentioned, which looks like it was made by hand by some deranged 12-year-old, which, in fact, I think you are. You play this chick... There's a stack of documents there and as you beat individual levels more documents get put on top of that pile put towards the back last in or yeah last in first out blah and those are actually read by like a the doctor who is evaluating you and so at first the game is really claustrophobic and kind of reminiscent of that shitberg, The Room, which was a terrible game. God, that game was awful. I know some of you might remember it fondly, but you guys are fucking deluded. I had to review for the paper. Ugh. That game. Ugh. And this is all like in this low pause, and there's no instructions, doesn't tell you anything. This is my play experience, because I didn't get, you know, blah. If you click on the stack of documents, you can read about how they're evaluating you. How your doctor's evaluating you. Turn on the light switch, flush the toilet, turn on the sink. Can't open the door. Can't open the door can't attack, can't do anything. But there's also a bed. If you click on the bed, if you use the action button on the bed, you go to sleep. And you wake up in this dream world, which is a nightmare, which your character loves. And thus the game begins. Now, again, this is a feature, not a review. And we're only going to spend like eight more minutes talking about this game. I love this game. Why? The levels in Nightmare Reaper are procedurally generated using a very sophisticated procedural generation. uh, A very sophisticated Algo to do the map generation. I've tried to write algorithms that are as successful at making 3D games like maps for games like this. It is very difficult. There's also a blend of statically created maps, and we'll talk about that in a moment. All of them look like pixel trash shit. 
you start killing at a scale and level of intensity once you're in the dream world that you really it's it's like painkiller but without the gentle hand holding and uh, nurturing loving stuff everyone's exploding and these are like pixel trash less resolution than Duke Nukem but very recognizable it's 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 an interesting 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 visual feast but eventually you pick up some new weapons and you're like oh yeah now I'm a badass fuck yeah that's when you that's when the game tells you press up on the d-pad to look at your weapons and that's when you realize that you have this thing it's like a pseudo 1990s turbo graphic 16 with an ultra wide double it's actually four times it's two times the width two times the height of screen size of what the old turbo graphic 16 it's like this generic kind of game console from the like 1992 as envisioned by the developers this is where you control all your weapons. You can add weapons that you found during your current run to different slots if you have extra slots. You can swap out weapons here for all the weapons that you pick up. They get stored in your inventory for now. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Every time you kill an enemy... And by the way, you have like this great uh, Doom-style... Uh, Doom guy face like the Space Marine, like where it like he'll she'll but it's you're like a a chick in like a mental institution, and you're still projecting yourself as that chick in the game is like actually a projection of a game over a game over a game, but that's a different story. Every time you pick up a weapon or you perform something really really good your mentally disturbed protagonist giggles delightfully it's awesome and she's kind of cute and she gets all bloodied up and blah if you die guess what you wake up you wake up in the same cell go back to bed different map same map title different map procedurally generated different weapons now Every time you kill someone, you get magical gold coins. These persist between the game worlds, as does your little handheld com- uh, game console, which is not only what you use to manage your weapons during an individual run, because here's what happens. And this is like the funniest it's so brilliant, it's really brilliant conceit, it makes the game kind of creepy in some places, a little creepier than I'd like, but I'm a pussy this game is not scary at all when you complete one of these levels, they're each area is like you don't get a choice, but they're, they're three progressively more difficult levels that all use different textures and algorithms to generate the level and they get progressively more difficult 
and more treasure and more secrets and more booby traps and more enemies. When you complete your first level, you'll probably have like five different guns in only one slot. When you get to the end of the level sigil and you cross it, you can only pick one gun that you can take with you. And it has to be a level one gun. Now there are 80, there are over 80 weapons in this game. All of them can be modified, but not in a directly linear way. You have to find the weapons dealer inside of the dream world and stuff like that. But that's a different story. You start only with one weapon. So this is an important decision. And when you fuck up, it's fine because you'll just die a ton of times. And you'll keep waking up in your fucking hospital room and you'll eventually get better at the game. The game expects you to kill a lot of the creatures in your nightmares. Now, for those of you who don't want a minor spoiler alert, eventually you come out of the dream world and the door to your cell is open. Moving on from that little cryptic piece of information and you see a shadow person, a little girl running away. No matter how many times I've checked that hallway since. Anyway. Now, the other great thing about this game. So those gold coins that I mentioned and treasure. Like there are like treasure things like golden goblets and other goofy shit. The weapons, by the way, they range from chainsaw with extendable chain grappling hook saw attachment. That's the alternate fire. To MP5 with hollow sight. This is all in pixel trash stuff and you will have to fucking get good at every weapon. Some of these weapons have attributes that make them better in some aspects, some make them worse. All of them have a level. Grenade launchers, bazookas, um, blah. Some you can only use during that run because when you get to the end, you only get to keep one. The rest get converted into gold coins. The gold coins persist in the waking world as does everything about your little game console. It persists in both the dream world and the waking world. Meaning that once you discover your first game cartridge, you've unlocked the ability to start permanently upgrading your character by loading that game cartridge in your... The console needs a name. It should have a name somewhere written on it. That's one complaint. So far, I have I have two different game cartridges. One of them is called Skill Tree, which is Super Mario Brothers Three. Put you in a game world, 
on a game map in two dimensions, you're a penguin, you look like Tux, and you can go anywhere that you want, provided that you have enough credits to complete that uh, mission in that on that map, and that will unlock different paths. Now, it'll show you how many coins it takes to actually try to make an attempt to beat that to beat that uh, beat that map, that little you know, world 1-1 kind of thing but it'll also show you what beating that map will get you in your dream world like 15% reloading time shit like that oh, you want more weapon slots? well, sure, here's another weapon slot I only have two of these game cartridges. I don't know how many of them there are, but they are all very different. One's a side-scrolling platformer. The other one is like Pokemon. It's called Topaz, and it it's it's a lot more it's a lot less fun for me, but it's great when you're stoned and when you're burnt out. And meanwhile, when you're in the waking world of your cell even with the door open, there, well, you'll find out what's out there, but this system of upgrading your shit, whether you win or lose in the dream world, you still get to keep all of the treasure that you got. It's better if you win in the dream world, because then you get, for every weapon that you've picked up that you don't keep, you get a bonus number of coins that are that can be way bigger than all the loot combined in a single level the procedural generation is brilliant, the enemies are as varied as the weapons what you decide to keep and what you decide to ditch is up to you and what you decide to upgrade and what you decide to not upgrade it's fantastic, all wrapped up in this very compelling story of profound mental illness and violent ideation on the part of a very cute young lady in a hospital gown who feels as I as my first uh, my first uh, dream studies instructor once told once told us dreams are either compensatory or they are warnings from your subconscious. It seems like in this game, both are true. It is absolutely worth picking up. That is our show for this week. I'll see you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. Four or five times A good idea Four or five times Hi there There is delight in doing things right Four or five times It is I, E.B. Farnham Maybe I'll cry I'll get you a drink And if I die, I'm gonna cry Four or five times Do you like to play? We like to play I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, oh, four or five times. We're going to have 
such fun. Bebop 1. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop 2. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop 3. Yada, yada, yada. Four or five times. Matt Damon. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there, I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.